Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. Hey, everybody. I'm going to get right to the point tonight because it's all about what you're talking about. James 3.10. Out of the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? <laughs> Merlanda is collecting. What are those little things that are swimming on our counter? Tadpoles that Isaac was trying to get into? Merlanda is collecting uh, tadpoles. Uh, she's got them. Actually, she collects whatever she can find in the lake. But the lake is not salt water. She doesn't get the, <laughs> she doesn't get the difference between salt water and fresh water. But let me just tell you this. There's a difference between salt water and fresh water, and they do not come from the same spring. My brothers, can a fig tree grow olives or can a grapevine grow bare figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water, and neither should out of the same mouth come blessing and cursing. Look, if you're a Christian, if, I mean, we do a lot of videos for people who are not believers. But tonight, if you are a Christian and you're listening to this, there's a couple of things you don't need to be saying. It is not does not need to be coming out of your mouth. Matthew 12, 36, I tell you that everyone, my husband always says whenever I talk about this verse, he goes, Linda, I hope I'm not behind you in line in heaven. He said, because this is, everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. They was like, I just, I'm just going to get in front of you. If we could both get there at the same time, can you just stick me in front of you so I don't have to stand behind you for all the words? Look, the print, I love him. I love David. The principle is very clear. Jesus takes it seriously in terms of the words that come out of our mouth. Think about it. God spoke the whole world into existence. The power of the tongue it says either life comes from it or death comes from it. It's really, really clear that what we say, it, we think it doesn't matter. We think we can say whatever we want. It doesn't hurt. People who profess to be Christians use the same words that people who don't say they're Christians use. Why is that? Even though the Bible says we're supposed to be in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. Why are we talking the same way? Why are we texting OMG? Is that, is that taking the Lord's name in vain? Is that just nonchalantly take, using his name? I always tell my kids whenever I hear them saying, uh, I don't normally hear my kids saying it, but I'll hear other kids in the back and they'll take the, the Lord, oh, Jesus or God or whatever, or even adding cuss words with it. You know, what about movies that we go see? How in the world can you pay for a movie? What is the latest movie that's out that everybody's talking about? Something about the airplane one. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Top Gun. Top Gun. Everybody's ranting and raving about Top Gun. Well, I looked it up on Plugged In Online. It takes the Lord's name in vain. I don't care how good of a movie it is. Why would you go and pay for something that is going to curse your God? Why would you do that? That I mean, and I know some of you are like, oh, my gosh, Linda, I can't believe you're saying this. I can't believe. Well, you know what? It matters. If you're my best friend and you're out cursing about me with somebody else, I, I don't I don't really believe that you're that loyal to me. Um, here, here, this is a very, very low level one, but I mean, one thing that w it really shows your relationship with the Lord is when you tell somebody good luck. I want to wish you good luck. Really? What, what is luck? I know you're thinking really, Linda, that is really a little bit much. I don't see what the big deal is. I mean, good luck. I hope you get the job. What's the big deal? Because Christians don't operate in luck. That's not, where is that in the Bible? Where is that in the Bible? 
We need the favor of God poured out on us. I pray that the favor of God's poured out on you. How about that? Uh, We need the sovereignty in such a way that, I mean, if you're saying, I hope you get the job, we need the sovereignty in such a way that, look, if this job is for me, it will be for me. We don't need luck. We don't need superstition. We we don't need some sort of coincidental thing to happen. That's how the world sees things. That's why the world is going to see Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus 2 and why the world is having parties about witchcraft and, and, That's the world. There's a worldview and there's a Christian view. Romans 8, 28 tells us, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So the next time you're tempted to say, good luck, you might want to say, God bless you. Or if that sounds too spiritual for you, just say, I hope the best for you. I want to I want to pray God's faith. Or what if you just stopped and prayed for the person? Hey, let me let me just let's just pray that God's will is done in this particular situation and that he will guide you and he'll give you wisdom. You know, that's the fear of the Lord. And you know, wisdom there's so much stuff about the fear of the Lord in the Bible, how all inspired fear and reverence of the Lord. We don't have a fear of the Lord. We ain't got no fear of nothing anymore. But we certainly don't fear what the Bible says. We say whatever we want. You know, the next thing is I guess it was just karma. Oh my gosh. One of my girls came home the other day with a um uh, no, she didn't come home with it. It was on my phone. It was on, uh, there's some group, my daughter doesn't, my 12 year old doesn't have a phone. And so she, uh, there's like a group chat or whatever you call it with her friends. And one of her friends sent it, we were reading it on the way home this past Sunday from church. One of her friends sent this letter that said, uh, it was like, do you remember back in the day we used to have chain letters and somebody would send you a, (laughs) some of y'all like, what? Chain letters. This is like back in the day when we used to use snail mail, people. So this nothing is new. But you would get a letter in the mail, and it said that if you didn't mail this letter to 10 people, that, you know, something horrible was going to happen to you. You were going to die or your dog was going to die or something like that. And if you, you couldn't break the the line. Well, that's what this thing was that, that they sent to Rolanda. And it said something about, oh, she was going to be ugly. I should read it to you, but I don't want to take the time to look it up. But it said, uh, you have to send this to 10 people or bad karma is going to happen to you. And I'm, you can only send it to 10 pretty people because if they don't continue to send the letter or the text or whatever you call it, then the karma that's going to happen is within, <laughs> within a year, you're going to be ugly. There you have it. Christians use that phrase often, karma. So I had to, I had to sit there. I asked Merlinda, I was like, do you know what, and bless her heart, I sat there and explained it to her. And she actually texted back in the group chat, I really don't think we need to be using the word karma. I was like, I hear you, girl. Because how often do our kids listen to us, right? Not very often. But do you know that the word karma the, has its roots in Buddhist and Hindu religions? Did you know that? Actually, the definition, and here's the other thing, we use it in a way that it's really not even supposed to be used, but the definition of karma is that you do something in this life that's either good or bad, and then because the religions believe in reincarnation, that in the next life, it's going to come back to you in a positive or negative way. Well, reincarnation is, that's not biblical. But most people don't even use the term right. They use karma to mean, just like in that thing, if you, you you got a year if you don't send, no, no, I think you only had like an hour to send the the thing to 10 pretty people. 
But then if you didn't send it in an hour, I can't remember what the time frame was, which which I told Marlanda, I was like, girl, you finna be ugly because I, they sent this three days ago and I didn't even show it to you. So you don't even have a chance. <gasps> she was, I said, so you better not buy into this karma thing. That is hilarious. Uh, most people use the term karma to mean something that's done in this life is going to come back to you in this life. So it's not even what it really means. Um, so let's all pray that Marlanda doesn't turn out ugly because she did not send the letter to 10 pretty people. The bottom line is this. If you don't believe in reincarnation, which, by the way, if you don't know this, as Christians, we don't believe in reincarnation. Even though sometimes when I look in Mocha, my dog, I have a bulldog. Every now and then when I look at her, I feel like it's my dad looking back at me. She's got these big, big bulldog eyes, and it reminds me so much of my dad. And I'm just kidding. I don't think my dad is a bulldog. Uh, but Christians, we don't believe in reincarnation. Hebrews 9.27 says this. If you need a biblical reference, it's appointed unto men once to die. After that, dude, you're off to the judgment. So the Bible doesn't teach reincarnation, so we don't even need to use the word karma. And don't don't be like don't be a stupid person and use it in the wrong way anyways. It's not about what happens here. The third reason not to use the word karma in case you haven't gotten what I what I'm telling you is we don't get what we deserve. As Christians, that's part of the benefit package. The Bible actually says we don't get what we deserve. Psalm 103:10 says God does not treat us as our sins deserve. God does not repay us according to our iniquities. So why you want to be saying that whenever it's exactly the opposite of what the Word of God says? That's, that's like a bonus package. I mean, our lives don't always work out, right? They sure don't work out. I mean, my husband was just talking about this at Bible study last night, that sometimes when things, I mean, are in the last week and a half, or two weeks, because we were, we were without air conditioner for two weeks. Our dishwasher broke. Two of our children had wrecks that he's been dealing with two different insurance companies. Neither, well, one of them was hurt. Um, the eye on our stove went, I mean, I could go on and on and on. And David said, you know, at some point after like the 15th appliance breaks, you're like, dude, what is going on here? I mean, I'm doing good. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. How in the world is all of this coming down on us? But good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people, right? It just doesn't work out that, I mean, thank God that because I do something bad or sinful, that doesn't mean that evil is going to always come back against me because God has grace. God has mercy. He has forgiveness and he has favor. I, I get favor a lot. I get, I get a lot of favor. I have a lot of favor stories. Um, and I, I know God doesn't have a favorite, but I am his favorite. The idea of karma seems to suggest that we as Christians can control our destiny by doing good things. You know, the people that do my nails, I don't know what uh, religion, most, most people that have nail shops are a certain religion, and I can't remember what it is. I don't know if it's Buddha. It's probably Buddhist or Hindu because that's what karma comes from. It, what is it? Buddhist. And, you know, they say that all the time. I want to do, I need to do a few more good things today. <laughs> oh my gosh, what happened? But that if we do good things, good things come. If we do bad things, bad things come to us. But that is not what the Bible teaches. Here's another one. This is huge. And uh, my daughter came home. I'm not going to say which daughter from which school. My daughter came home the other day and said that her teacher, okay, so here's, here's what I don't want you to say. What's your sign? 
My daughter came home the other day and said, that's at the dinner table. She said, Mommy Linda, what's your sign? And I was like, what? And then even Fred, because Fred's mother in Haiti had taught him about how bad Zodiac signs were. And Fred was like, why are you asking her that? He said, she said, because my teacher taught us today and went around to everybody in the class to make sure that everybody knew what their sign was. <laughs> it's like, really? Actually, uh, there's people on, I, I, you guys know I'm on Clubhouse, and there are people on that particular app that live their lives based on their signs, that won't marry somebody if they're not based on a certain sign. That is how this world operates. But you know what? We can't base everything in our lives about who we're going to marry or what we're going to do based on the month that somebody was born in. I mean, as Christians, we're not supposed to look to astrology to think we can't we can predict something that's going to happen in somebody's life just because of the month they were born in. You know, stars are not meant for astrology. Astrology is sinful. Do you guys know that? Worshiping stars has always been sinful. Deuteronomy 4.19, when you look up to the sky and you see the sun and the moon and the stars and all the heavenly array, don't be enticed into bowing down to them and then worshiping things, not, the, not things that the Lord your God has apportioned to all the nations under heaven. Isaiah 47, you are worn out by many plans. Let your astrologers and your stargazers who foretell the future month by month, let them come to you and rise up and save you. They're like straw. Fire burns them. They can't rescue themselves from the flames. Deuteronomy 18.10, no one among you is to make his son or daughter practice uh, pass through the fire or practice divination. Practicing divination and telling fortunes and interpreting omens and practicing sorcery, casting spells, by the way, all of you who are watching Hocus Pocus 2 and taking your children to Hocus Pocus 2 and uh, are allowing them to buy books. For, I saw in Barnes and Nobles, it's how to cast spells. We're not supposed to be doing that or to consult a medium or a familiar spirit or inquire of the dead. That's a... It's here's here's what it is. Everyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Detestable. You must be blameless before the Lord. The Bible the Bible says you're detestable if you're dealing with that stuff. So if you're into horoscopes or you're into zodiac signs as a believer, this activity is condemned. I've even heard of Satan worshipers who have come out of occults and they talk about how they were able to gain access to Christians or people who profess to be Christians just because they were involved in zodiac signs. And this gave them a legal entry to involve these people and their families in demonic curses. Did you hear what I said? Satan is very deceptive in this arena. Because it seems very innocent. Well, what's the big deal? You know, I'm going to get my bracelet that says I'm a whatever. I don't even know all of the things. Uh, we discuss this and talk about in New Age, you know, even on Chinese menus. I remember when I used to go with my mom and we would sit there and it would say the year of the pig, the year of the goat, the year of the whatever. And it has a little description. We used to sit there and laugh about that and think, oh, oh, I am kind of what this says or this does describe me. Zodiac signs are in newspapers and magazines. I mean, my mom used to read them to me. 
It reminds me, I don't know if you guys, you probably don't listen to Smith Wigglesworth, but anyways, you may or may not know who he is. But that guy literally was able to do unbelievably insane, miraculous things. But you know, one of the things was he never, the only book he ever read was the Bible and he wouldn't even allow a newspaper in his home. His argument was that he went in clean and came out dirty after reading the newspaper. But when he read the Bible, he went in dirty and came out clean. So look, if you're involved in zodiac signs or horoscopes, or if you're like my mom and you're reading them to your children, stop it. Stop it. Just stop it. Renounce it and ask for forgiveness. Don't rely on what month you were born in to tell you who you are, how you are, who you're supposed to be married. You just need to rely on God. I mean, as a believer, that type of behavior is condemned. I don't know how much clearer to make it. And then this is what we titled the this episode, uh, I'll Be Praying For You. I mean, how in the world? I hear people say that all the time. I mean, what is the big deal about saying that? I mean, if you're really serious and you're writing down their name, you're pulling out your phone and you're writing down their prayer requests or you have a prayer journal and you're actually praying for them, that's one thing. However, that's not very normal. Because most people use that term, I'll be praying for you, to escape the situation or the conversation. Right? I don't want to hear any more about what you got going on. I'll be praying for you. But the reality, the reality is you don't go back and pray. You might go gossip about the person or call three or four other people or text them and tell them, let me tell you what happened with so-and-so. Oh, did you know this? If you have the intention of going back and praying for the person, but you forget, I mean, the problem is we're making a mockery out of prayer is what we're doing because we're saying that we're going to pray for somebody and then we don't do it. And what if that person is counting on you? What if that person is in a position that they're not even able to pray? And now you've said, I'm going to be praying for you, and they're counting on that. You know, so the next time you say, I'll be praying for you, either commit to pray for the person and actually do it, or better yet, let me tell you what I found. Just stop right then, right there. I don't care if you're at Walmart. If you're, I was in the line at TSA uh, yesterday. It seems like eight months ago, but yesterday, and a guy in front of me went down. And I looked at his wife and I was like, what's going on? And she said, I think his blood sugar's low. I don't know. He's shaking. So I just put my hands on him and prayed. And I mean, it's, we're in the TSA line, right? I didn't ask permission. I just did it. And afterwards, he stood up and went through the line. He was fine. Just pray for them right then and there. You freak people out. Uh, but it's an amazing. You know what? One time I was in Walmart and um, what was it? I think the it was oh, a wheelchair. A lady came through in a wheelchair. And I just walked up and I said, hey, what are you doing in that? Which I do this all the time. Hey, what are you doing in that wheelchair? And uh, at first, they, some of them look at you, but most people are like, oh, I had a wreck or I had, a, I mean, they, they want to tell you. And so I said, okay, great. I just want to just tell them, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says that uh, for those of us who believe, we can lay our hands on the sick and pray and they'll be healed. So I'd like to pray for you. Well, after I prayed for the person, I've only had one person tell me, don't touch me, don't pray for me. And so I said, no problem. Uh, but I, <laughs> I think then I said, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, I can pray for you from back here, but that's fine. I may or may not have said that. Uh, but for this person, after I prayed for them, they didn't get up and start walking in the wheelchair. But two hours later, 
a man came up to me and he said, I saw you back there praying with that woman. And I was like getting my syrup or whatever I was getting off the shelf. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, God told me to pray for her and I didn't do it. And he said, so I just wanted to thank you for being obedient and doing what I should have done. So, I mean, I I don't even know that I was praying for that lady to be healed. I think I was praying for the faith to be increased in that man. And he missed his blessing, right? He missed the blessing. So if you say, I'm going to pray for you, or if God tells you to pray, how many times has God, <laughs> how many times has God told you to pray for somebody or to encourage somebody or to call somebody or to text somebody and you haven't done it? I'm just going to let y'all think through that and see. Um, here's another thing that really irritates me is those little praying hands. I mean, I'm sorry if you do a praying hands thing. Um, because on social media, you see that over and over, like somebody will pour their heart out or their life out or say, you know, I, I need this. I need that. <laughs> Everybody puts praying hands in the, um, I mean, just pray for them. Takes out a prayer. Takes five seconds. Look through all of those. The only thing you'll ever see are praying hands and uh, praying, but nobody ever texts a prayer or I'd be very suspicious to know if anybody ever prays Um, because actually you can still see when people are on social media. So if they said they're praying and they're still scrolling, they ain't praying. And by the time they get done, they're not going to remember to pray. But what if you just actually stopped and prayed? And then if you felt it was necessary to let the person know you prayed, you could actually text them or call them. I don't know. I just think that comment really shows whether or not you actually think prayer changes things because I don't think most people think it does. And then the other thing that I I really feel like Christians should not say is when they're asked a question, and I'm probably going to get some flack on this, but I just I don't like it when people say, well, let me pray about it. And I think that really that just means I don't have the courage to tell you no right now to your face. So instead, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to sound real spiritual about it. And I'm going to appeal to God and ask the answer. And I'm just going to say, okay, well, let me just pray about that. Because usually when we say this, we already know the answer. We already know the answer anyway, but we don't want to tell them what it is. Now, if you really are committed that you are going to go back and you are going to pray, and you're actually seeking the face of God. I just don't know a whole lot of people that seek the face of God in honesty. And you are going to ask God, what direction do you want me to go in? Then absolutely, you should continue to say that. But if it's just a situation where you're using it to get you out of something, um, that you're simply trying to to put in the conversation because you don't want to answer the person's question, you really need to think twice before you use that as an answer. Because again, you're making a mockery of prayer. Also, I'm just saying this. If you're in constant communication with God, as we all should be, you're most likely going to have an idea as soon as the person asks you whether or not it's something that you need to be uh, involved with or whether or not it's something that God has lined up for you. So there's probably a lot of situations when you just don't need to pray about it because you've already pre-prayed. You already know the things. And the situ- when situations come to you, it's kind of clear to know whether they're from God or whether they're not. And especially if you know the Word of God. If you know the Word of God, when certain situations are given to you, you should have a pretty good idea about whether or not it's something that you need to be involved in. One last thing that I'm going to say is, I'm just going to ask you to stop saying it, is that you're knocking on wood 
or that jinx and crossing your fingers. You know, those those two things indicate that we as Christians think that if we do certain things, that something bad's going to happen. Or have you ever heard that thing about if you step on a crack, I'm going to break your mama's back? <sighs> have you ever heard somebody say, well, so far my marriage is going well, I'm just going to knock on wood or so far, I, I, my, my job's going good. I'm just going to knock on wood. You know, indicating that by you knocking on wood or crossing your fingers sends the idea that somehow by me, the, I'm, I'm doing, I mean, you're not able to fend off evil spirits or bad fortune that comes your way because you've knocked on wood or crossed your fingers. And I know that we're, we just say it so much that it just seems like it's okay, but that is part of our desensitization that then makes us think that it's okay to go to a movie like Hocus Pocus 2 and sit and watch people cast spells and, 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 and people turn into animals. That really happens, by the way. That actually happens. These things that are in the movies, we've actually seen happen in the country of Haiti through voodoo and witchcraft. It also takes away our personal responsibility to improve our own situation. And when we say we can cross our fingers or knock on wood, it demonstrates that our faith is not in the sovereignty of God. The world puts their faith in luck. The world puts their faith in coincidence. The world puts their faith in karma, in fortune, in horoscopes, in zodiac signs, all these different things. Believers, our ultimate belief and our trust is in the sovereignty of God. So the next time you find these words on your lips, the next time you're ready to voice them out loud, just say something else. (laughs) Say something else. Because we want our words to reflect our Christian faith. Our words need to reflect the character of God. Our words need to, our words matter. What we, I mean, if you don't think your words matter, what was the last argument you had with somebody? I, mean, I just had a situation this past week that somebody that um, I'm very close with, that I work very close to together, that, I mean, just lost their mind over something that I texted to them. Lost their mind and was ready to give up and quit. Completely offended. Words matter. Text messages matter. What we say matters. It matters a lot. And it matters so much that God has told us, you better be careful what's coming out of your mouth because good things and bad things, curses and blessings don't come out of the same mouth. The same way a fresh water, I mean, have you ever been, maybe there is one place where fresh water and salt water, no, I think even actually there's a place where it draws the line in the ocean where you can actually see it between the salt water and the fresh water. So he's told us in James, salt water and fresh water does not come out of the same spring. So I want you to really think about what that means. I want you to really think about what he's saying. If you are saying some of these things that are demonic, for lack of a better term, then you don't have the fresh water. Because God is saying what comes out, where does it come from? What comes out of the mouth is the overflow of the heart. If your heart is full of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to have things that are honoring to God, not things that are worshiping the world, not things that are giving credit to to things, to other gods, to other idols. So just think about what you say. 
Think about the things that we've talked about tonight. Don't just go around talking about vibes or karma or zodiac signs or or things that are not true. Be careful what goes into your ears and what comes out of your mouth. And the ultimate ending tonight is don't forget to love him 